Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. Ask BBB is a program that gives consumers information from businesses that they can trust. And our co-host, Linda Smith, is away today. Summertime, and the living is busy. Lots of events. You may be planning a company or a family event, or perhaps you're involved with a community event. When do you call an event planner? You'll learn some of the must-dos of event planning this morning, so plan to stay tuned. We know that the real estate market is still very brisk in Canada, including London and area. How important is home staging in the process of selling your home? Karen McMillan of Best Dressed Homes will paint that picture for us. And Ashley Castleman, Communications Manager with BBB Western Ontario, will have tips for businesses to avoid scams. So now let's welcome our first guest on Ask BBB, Dan Knight of Day to Night Events. Welcome to the program, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, Dan, you know, we've all planned an event at one time or another, whether it be dinner for family or something larger like a a wedding. What are the typical sorts of events that you're called on to help plan? So it ranges from anything uh, from a baby shower to a birthday party. Surprise birthday parties are a good one uh, to weddings to large fundraisers and corporate events. So it's a whole variety of different events. When does a group or organization realize that they need the help of a professional? When do you get called? I I think it's the most point when they're stressed out and they're like, we need somebody else to be there so that they can just be guests at their own event. A lot of times it's the wedding, for example. Mm -hmm. They get so stressed out that they just need an extra set of eyes and ears and hands to be there to help them throughout the day. Okay. So what sorts of things, uh, packages would you offer for weddings then? So for weddings, there are two options. So I personally offer consultations. So if they just need some advice, I can do that. Mm -hmm. The other option is the day of planning. So if they've got everything planned out but just need help the day of, I can do that. And also I can help them plan from the day that they get engaged. So if they need help connecting all of the vendors and connecting all the dots, I can definitely help with that as well. That would be the complete package in that case. Absolutely. And you mentioned some of the other things besides weddings, uh, right down to surprise birthday parties. So if we decide we're going to hire an event planner, what should we expect to provide that planner uh, beyond uh, the check that we write at the end of it. Yeah. So I think you have to expect that they provide their guidance. A lot of uh, event professionals also have connections in the community to get you discounts or different things within uh, different sectors, uh, whether it be rentals or photographers or that kind of thing. So because we work in the sector, we've got those connections and we can also provide advice for you. So let's say you want to plan a party, but you know it might rain this weekend. What is the advice and where can you turn to, to to avoid any issues coming up at your event? So at what point are you usually called in? It all depends. I have had calls two days before an event uh, saying we need some help. I've had calls three years in advance. So it really varies on the, the client and when they know that they need some help and can't do it on their own. What's your your favorite type of event to plan, Dan? I really love weddings uh, because they're all unique and different to the couple. And I think it just brings their personality out in that day. And it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. The biggest joy I get is relieving that stress from that couple. If them and all of their guests can be guests, then I've done my job well. And that's uh, an event that happens once in a lifetime. What about corporate events? Do you get called in to... to help corporations plan events internally and externally? 
So I've been more with uh, charity work. I'm connected with the charitable sector. I actually work in the sector as well. So I've done a few events in that regard, but nothing really corporate uh, to the state. So if we were looking, if we were corporate or whatever, what would we look for uh, in a professional trainer? How would we know that this is indeed somebody that uh, has the the training to, to carry through for us? So I definitely ask for their experience, get a, some references to see what other clients have had in terms of an experience working with that professional. Also see what types of events they've worked on. So some planners focus mainly on weddings, some focus on just events. Uh, myself personally, I get to do both. Um, but just really check to see what's in their portfolio, what experience they have and what they've done in the past and really get those uh, reviews from what other past clients have enjoyed. And of course, as we always point out, you should ask BBB or look for the BBB accreditation. That uh, might be one clue that that uh, organization is good. What what about contracts? Do you go through a a really detailed stipulation of what you're going to provide? What kind of contract should we be looking to sign? So I think it's always good to be upfront um, in your initial meetings to figure out exactly what that professional is willing to do for you and what you're expecting them to do so that everybody's on the same page. uh, So there's no surprises throughout the event planning process. I know for me personally, I meet with my clients, I explain what uh, I'm able to do and what they need, and then put it all on paper for them to sign so they have that agreement uh, moving forward. So they know what to expect and you know what you're going to be delivering. Absolutely. What what kind of cost do you charge by the hour? Do you charge a blanket for the event? How does it work? So it all depends on the event. Uh, The weddings uh, range from anywhere from about 750 upwards to 1500 plus, depending what they want. Um, and then it really depends on the event other than that, whether it be hourly or it be a flat rate. So a surprise birthday party might be a little less than the 1500 Absolutely. It would be much less for sure. And um, uh, how do you keep it a surprise? <laughs> so the way a surprise party would work is I would handle all of the details. I'd handle all the RSVPs, all of that kind of thing. So there's no email communication. There's no text messages. There's no nothing going to the person that's hired me. It all comes to me personally. And uh, with a contract, there are no surprises at the end either. (laughs) Absolutely. So Dan, if we want to plan a surprise party or any other event, how do we contact uh, Day to Night? So you can uh, check out my website, daytonightevents.com, and it's the number two, and it's knightevents.com or 519-280-8633. And if you explore the uh, website, there are a lot of answers to some of the questions that we've asked. And if there are questions that we haven't asked, there are some answers there to those as well. Absolutely. And then uh, do you do estimates on, on events or is it uh, – do you do free consultations at all? Absolutely. So all the consultations are free and then I figure out what the client's looking for. Great. Dan Knight, thanks very much for being with us. Dan Knight of Day-to-Night Event Planning. And when we exit stage left for a few messages, we'll be back soon to learn how to stage right when it comes to selling your home. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and our guest now is Karen McMillan of Best Dressed Homes, Professional Home Styling Services. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Karen, I didn't cite all the letters behind your name when we uh, research you and go online, but it's uh, B-A-C-C-S-P, F-C-P, P-C-C-C. Before we get into some of the questions that our listeners are 
hoping to hear considering home staging. Just tell us a bit about those letters and the credentials that go with them. Um, well, I guess BA is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. I, I do have a, a BA in psychology. Um, and then the CCSP, that's um, my I'm actually a master Canadian certified staging professional. Uh, the FSP is a, f- a feng shui um, professional, mm-hmm. and PCC is a professional color consultant. Um, not all home stagers will have that credential, but are there some credentials we should look for if we're hiring a stager? Um, well, I would say at least someone with some training in interior design and and a staging. Um, certification of some sort because staging really is all about the strategy of marketing a property. Um, It's not just about making it look good. Um, So there's so much to that that the average person wouldn't know unless they were well-trained in that. Okay. Well, let's just talk about what home staging is. It it sounds like a showbiz term. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, But it's a marketing term. It is. Yeah. It's it's really the, the process of preparing a home for sale. So staging isn't just something that um, myself or my company does. It's it's all about – it's really a process. So it begins where we go in and we consult with the homeowner and assess the property and determine what things can be done to make that property more marketable. And we give them sort of a, a – a to-do list. It's a report, a written report, and they get to spend some time and get their property in the right condition uh, to go, go in the market. Where we come in after that is if maybe they don't have um, all the furnishings that are necessary for a for a particular room or rooms, or maybe it's a vacant or a model home. Um, that's where we can come in and we we have a warehouse full of absolutely everything that we can um, use to make a um, a home. Um, properly furnished, but also homey. So all the finishing touches as well. So do I hear you saying there are stages to staging? So the first is a consultive uh, process. Do you sometimes leave the client there and they do it on their own on your recommendations? Exactly. That's generally how it goes. Uh, We leave them with what we call homework. Mm -hmm. So that could be (laughs) anything from a day or two to several months, depending on the condition of the home and what the, they and their realtor have discussed about what the potential listing price is going to be for that home. Because sometimes there's a lot of work that needs to be done if they're wanting to really seriously get top dollar. If they're not that concerned about it, then sometimes, you know, they don't have to do as much. Sometimes it's just a matter of decluttering or depersonalizing, editing a few things, or maybe adding a few things. Well, let's talk about that, just how involved it is. Do you have to repaint and redo or redecorate? Is that always necessary? And then we'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah. not always, um, but sometimes. It really depends on on the current condition of the home. Ideally, a buyer will pay more for a home that is move-in ready. So mm-hmm. that means that the, the look and feel is homey, but it's, it's in good condition, number one. There aren't any repairs um, that need to be done. And the decor is neutral. So no matter what they own, what their personal belongings are, their their linens, their their furnishings, it will work. So neutral paint colors and, and things like that. How long does this take then? Well, it like I said, I guess it could take <laughs> anywhere from a couple of days if it's just minor details to I've had it take, you know, up as much as six months for a house to get prepared for sale. It depends on the size of the home and how much really needs to be done. If it's really dated and they still, you know, they're really 
interested in getting top dollar, a lot of people will go, they will change flooring. They'll they'll put in new hardwood. Mm. They'll paint it from top to bottom. They might put on a new roof. Um, they might, you know, replace or repair a deck. Um, there's all kinds of things that may be necessary to get that home in the proper condition for um, – for really doing well, and that would be all part of what you that the home stager would then uh, give you in terms of recommendations, right? Yeah. yeah. How yeah. how costly is this service? And I guess from what you've said, there's probably a range here. There is quite a range. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, it can range from from a few hundred dollars up to many thousands. Again, depending on this the size of the pro- the property, uh, the location, and the price point um, that it's going to be listed for. Once you've got it staged, uh, do you have to change your lifestyle to maintain that staging? Well, not if you don't live there. If it's a vacant property, that's easy. If it's a it's an occupied home where people are living, not necessarily. In, in some small ways, maybe because let's face it: once your home goes on the market, it's got to look good every day because those those showings start coming in. So yeah, it can be a little bit inconvenient, not necessarily because of the staging, but because your home is on the market. So you've got to make sure those beds are made perfectly every day and the dishes are washed and put away and laundry is washed and put away, all that kind of stuff. All the things that we're supposed yeah. to do every day anyway. Right. So Karen, some of that might be a little inconvenient, but but is it worth it? Well, yes. I mean, I just got a phone call last night that a home that we staged sold for $100,000 over asking price. That's really worth it. Now, today we're in a really unique market. This isn't typical, but some people are saying, oh, it's not as necessary right now. But it really is necessary. It doesn't necessarily help with if the house is going to sell because most houses are going to right now. Our inventory Mm -hmm. is so low. But it really comes into play when we were talking about how much is it going to sell for. And the last thing you want to do is leave thousands of dollars on the table. And that would be true in a market like this or in in a – uh, a slower market as well, then. Right, in a yeah. slower market, it it helps itself faster as well, and it and it also helps to um, maximize the value of it. But in this market, it's really all about how much is it going to sell for. Karen, thanks very much for being with us this morning. Karen McMillan is uh, of Best Dressed Homes Professional Home Styling Services, and we thank her for being with us. When we come back, we'll talk to Ashley Castleman about. Small Business Scams. Welcome back to Ask BBB, the program that offers tips and gives advice to consumers. I'm Jim Swan, and now we welcome BBB's Communications Manager, Ashley Castleman. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Small businesses are commonly targeted by scammers, but scammers against business may not be recognized as often. So we often talk about how consumers can avoid scams, but many times small businesses are taken advantage of as well. Yes. Uh, well, BB has a tool called Scam Tracker where we uh, monitor and people can report scams in their area. And it's also a great tool for business managers to use as well as consumers. Uh, we can see from people reporting uh, small business scams are there and it's a valuable resource of information for business owners as well. So advice to them, ask BBB as yes. well. So what, what's the most common scams then that, that target uh, small businesses? I feel like one of the um, most common scams is one of the oldest ones to me. When I first started at the BBB, uh, one of the oldest uh, business scams I learned about was the directory scam. How it works is the scammer contacts your company. They claim that your company agreed to purchase an expensive Yellow Pages directory or a magazine uh, ad um, when you really didn't. <coughs> 
And it could be a who-who's uh, book as well. Um, some report that to pr- prove the agreement to, to the cost, the scammer will play a recording of you saying yes. By, they, by that, they just splice recordings together. Mm. Um, and that's how they trick you into falling for this uh, scam. In other uh, cases, uh, the scam artist might just present a phony uh, invoice for an inflated sum of money so for like three, $4,000 for um, an unknown directory. Uh, so what should a business do if this happens to them? Do not pay the invoice. That is the one thing you should do. You're not obligated to pay for any goods or services that you did not order or request. Um, you can file a complaint with us on bbb.org. Uh, report the scam on our scam tracker. You can also file a complaint with the Competition Bureau. Uh, they're the government arm that um, investigates these and will charge them uh, criminally for, for that. Mm-hmm. Do businesses fall for scams like uh, fake tech support as well? Unfortunately, they do. Um, the tech support a scam is where um, your employee's computer might freeze up uh, and they have a pop-up message displayed. Uh, they either click it or they call the number that's on the pop-up thinking that it's your business's IT uh, support number when really it's they're just calling a scammer. Um, or So the scammer m- might ask for personal information about your business or they just might get remote access to your employee's computer um, and h- hold it for ransom. And that can be a very big difficulty. Yes. Um, so how can businesses avoid this scam? Uh, the best way is to uh, teach your employees. Do um, thorough employee training. Mm-hmm. Um, to, it's the best way to combat a lot of these scams. Uh, teach your employees not to just click on anything and don't call numbers on pop-ups. As simple as that sounds, just going over this um, once a quarter or once every year, not just for new employees but current employees as well, will help this a lot. Um and in an extreme case, uh, always call a professional technician if um, you are having issues with your computer. You can find um, uh, legitimate and reliable ones on our website at bbb.org. And it's probably best to have them come in person and make sure they're credentialed. So that, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you do that over the phone or online, you're liable to end up with another scammer. Exactly. Actually, we've talked about invoice scams previously uh, here on Ask BBB. Just refresh our viewers on how that scam works. Well, there's a few variations to this scam, but normally you'll get an invoice uh, for services you didn't order, uh, and then they they demand payment. So very similar to how the directory scam Mm -hmm. uh, works that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, This is why having controls in place is very important to businesses, especially small businesses where they can't afford that, even if it's just a few thousand dollars, that could be devastating to a small business. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you can do is have your accounts payable and your accounts receivable people work together. Um, If you get an invoice that you're not familiar with, ask the person who does the ordering, did you order this, um, to confirm it's not a scam. Are there any new scams that businesses might not know about? Well, there's always new scams popping up, which is um, hard for businesses to keep track of how to uh, stop and how to not fall for these. But some of the ones that are more recent is uh, scams using uh, legitimate uh, brand names such as Google or Microsoft. Hmm. Uh, we find they're popping up more often. The con artists usually call, text, or email to compl- to claim that money is needed to correct a problem with your Google-related service, w- whether it's your AdWords or some kind of paid service. So let the flag go up then. So how do you avoid this? Uh- 
Um, the best thing to do is communicate directly with your service provider, whether that's a third-party marketing company you're dealing with or if, you ha- if you're lucky enough to have an on-staff marketing person. Um, that way they can contact an email uh, that's familiar with them uh, to verify they're contacting the right person and they're not being scammed. So in all cases, check it out and ask BBB. Yes. Um, and another new scam is um, a phishing messages either through text or email. Um, again, the best way to train to do to combat that is train your staff not to click on anything before they uh, look into it. Okay. Well, thanks, Ashley, for this. And I'm sure there are small business uh, people out there who are both part of or maybe not part of BBB, but they will be coming to the BBB site to check out some of this. Yes. Thanks very much. Ashley Castleman is the communications manager with BBB serving Western Ontario. And we'll be back again next week. And uh, co-host Linda Smith, CEO of of, uh, BBB Serving Western Ontario, will be with us. Remember, in the meantime, you can always ask BBB. Visit the website of BBB.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you have questions or if you have a guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. So thanks again to Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. Until next time, I'm Jim Swan. Remember... Ask BBB and start with trust.